Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Hey, I just realized that I need to add into my intro that I'm a Reiki practitioner. That's awesome. I need to add that in next month when I'm home and not traveling. So when you listen to this, I will be in Tahoe. If you're listening to it when it's released, I'll be in Tahoe podcasting. The guys from Mind Pump put together this epic podcast extravaganza. If you have not listened yet to all of my podcast episodes with Adam, Sal, and Justin from Mind Pump Media, make sure you listen to those. They're some of my all-time favorite episodes. They've been on my podcast many times. I don't even remember how many times. And I was on their podcast as well. They have a great fitness podcast. But we are basically having a big podcast party. I'm pretty sure I'm recording four or five while I'm up there. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, I'm not there right now, though, as I record this. But I'm sure I'm having a fabulous time. I always have a good time when the guys from Mind Pump are involved. And I love going to new places. Anyways, I am so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. I had so much fun recording it because it was with my old functional medicine doctor, Dr. Lakos. He is the FMD that brought me out of the dark hole I was in when I was seeing a million doctors and no one knew what to do with me and I felt like I was dying. I basically was dying. If you have not listened to my two-hour podcast explaining my whole health history, I recommend listening to it. It's very long and in-depth. It's episode 63. You can go back and hear that, but Okay, long story short, I had really, really bad digestive issues, amongst other things, and was really underweight, and every doctor was telling me I was crazy, and no one believed that food was connected to it, or that it was my gut that was causing the issues, and finally, I found Dr. Lakos through Jordan Younger from The Balanced Blonde. Jordan was my boss at the time. I was interning for her and she connected me with Dr. Lagos and he was the first doctor I had met who I felt like listened to me and he was so smart and everything he was saying made sense to me. He agreed with me with things that I had ideas about and he ran all the right tests and he figured out what was wrong. He figured out that I had SIBO and some other bacterial overgrowth. So he really helped me through a very difficult stage in my life. And we 
just got along swimmingly because he is such a nice guy and so funny and he puts up with my <laughs> my dry sense of humor and I just I love him um but he so he's in Santa Monica and he is the founder of Bios Functional Medicine He's board certified in anti-aging, regenerative, and functional medicine. He has been trained in stem cells. We talk a bit about peptide therapy in here. He does everything. He works with all types of patients, and he also works in the ER as well, so he has experience there as well. He does it all. He's a really cool guy. And speaking of anti-aging... Before we get into this interview, I need to talk to you guys about this episode's sponsor, Clear Stem Skincare, which I've chatted about before, and I seriously love this brand. Actually, I bet Dr. Lakos would love Clear Stem as well. I don't know if he's tried them yet, but Clear Stem is amazing because it is designed to help with anti-aging as well as prevent and heal acne. So if you struggle with acne and or want to prevent signs of aging, both or just one. This product is incredible. It's a lightweight serum that you put on morning and night or just one or the other and it soaks in really easily. It hydrates your skin without leaving any greasiness so it's not like a moisturizer. It really soaks in and is really nice. You can put it underneath your makeup but it is incredible for helping to calm your skin down, helps calm down any inflammation, calms down any breakouts, reduces redness. It has antibacterial properties and it can help to stimulate collagen production as well as even out discoloration. So it's really great if you have any acne scarring or just hyperpigmentation that's left over from anything that you've done to your skin. It also helps to block excess oil production and androgens. It works by balancing out the hormones in your skin and your pores. And it actually contains adaptogens that help your skin to maintain its stability despite any stress it's going to encounter. If you're struggling with your skin, I highly recommend going on to Clear Stem's website, which is clearstemskincare.com, and checking all of your skin and hair products against their website's list of pore clogging ingredients so your makeup any skincare you're using and your hair products because some of those ingredients could be affecting your your skin and then make sure you exfoliate properly and then apply clear stem so that you can soak into the skin it will dry pretty quickly and then this will help it heal your skin cells back to their original healthy state and help to reduce your hormonal acne and you can also use it in combination with other products as well as long as those don't contain any pore clogging ingredients so definitely check out their list it's really really helpful I love this brand because it's all non-toxic and safe and it's amazing at sort of combining the Eastern and Western approaches when it comes to skincare. So it's effective, but it's also all safe. The ingredients are all very on point and non-toxic and they have formulated everything without parabens, petroleum, pesticides, silicones, carbon black, phthalates, sulfates, artificial dyes, synthetic fragrances, all of those things that we want to be paying attention to when it comes to our skincare. It's also cruelty-free. So the creators are coming from this holistic, non-toxic approach, yet 
they also have a strong biochem background. So it really is this integration of new science and holistic remedies to create a really, really amazing product. So I apply it to clean skin after I've cleaned everything. I let it soak in. It soaks in pretty quickly and it hydrates my skin, but doesn't like I said, leave it feeling greasy or anything. You kind of won't even notice, but it does make your skin so soft. Like my skin gets so soft after I use this. And you should definitely check out the testimonials on their page as well because people have had incredible results healing their acne, getting rid of scarring. It's pretty amazing. So definitely check out this product. You can go to clearstemskincare.com. And if you want $15 off, use my discount code wellness, W E. L-L-N-E-S-S. Again, that will get you $15 off at clearstemskincare.com. And very fitting because Clearstem, which kind of integrates Eastern and Western medicine, it's the same approach that Dr. Lakos takes because he has his background going through medical school and learning all about Western medicine and working in the ER. Yet in his practice, he takes a functional medicine approach and also combines newer modalities of healing. We talk a bit about how he's getting more into energy healing and incorporating that with his patients. And that's one of the reasons why I love him so much is he's not tied into one modality. He really incorporates everything. He incorporates new science, old science, new ideas, old ideas from all different perspectives. And that's at the end of the day, what gets patients really great results. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Remember, Dr. Lekos and I have known each other for a few years. We're good friends and I think that you'll enjoy this a lot specifically because of that. He's so fun to talk to you and I definitely am gonna have him back on the podcast again And I want to dive more into sort of the energy healing side of things that he's been using more and more with patients because he's really getting more interested into that. But I mean, we cover literally every topic in here. We talk about hormones, talk about gut health, we talk about body composition goals, we talk about diet and fitness, and of course, we talk about adrenals, all of the things. I know you guys are going to love this and get a lot of value out of it, so... Let's just go ahead and hop into the convo with Dr. Lakos. Are you excited? I'm pumped. Let's do this. Is it weird to have me back in this office? It is weird. It's been years. Do you remember the first time you ever met me? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I thought you were crazy. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) I was crazy. You're so funny. You're just such a direct person. (laughs) And it just makes it so funny. It's fun. It's refreshing. It's so funny because I... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what did I say that made you think I was so direct? You're just very direct. It's part, part of your personality. It's part of your... You know, Betsy and I talk about this sometimes, how funny you are. Are you... Are you just you... say it how it is, and that's the way it is. I'm glad you can appreciate it. I think... I'm glad you think it's funny because I think other people think it's just mean. <laughs> well, I can say I'd be misconstrued as that, but... I think it's great. Mm, it's yeah. Funny. Okay, good. So gl- it's fun to see you because you're yeah. you're like entertaining me. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm entertaining you. You entertain me too because you put up with all my questions. Yes. And yes. things. Did I ever stump you though? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I probably had to do some digging and research and stuff I feel to figure like things out. I stump everyone. So. Yeah, it's uh, you know, some patients are harder than others, and you have to like 
you know, know your limits, you know, like what you know, and you got to dig in and look for, you know, other causative agents for some people. And it's part of the game. What's the most difficult patient you've ever worked with? The most difficult case? You? No. No, maybe. <laughs> no, a difficult case. Um, <sighs> probably was a girl that was in Canada. Uh-huh. Trying to see her in Canada was tough because their medical system is so different. We couldn't do all the testing we usually do here. Yeah. And she had a gut issue. So it was really difficult trying to figure out what was going on with her. And the, it was a bloating thing. So it was more of a SIBO type of picture. And mm-hmm. um, man, we stripped her diet down to nothing. Did the elemental diet. Did, <gasps> did, I mean, it was tough. Yeah. Did gallbladder flushes and all this. And uh, she ended up getting a little better, but not to where I was happy. And um, I really started questioning and thinking about emotional issues with yeah. her. Because I've learned over the past year that we're starting to store or we do store our emotional trauma in our body. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gut's a big place for it. You know, we have such that gut brain connection. And so a strong emotional reaction to something in life can cause some gut issues with some people. And um, we discussed a long time with her, like, hey, listen, let's go get some counseling. Let's do this, that, and the other. Why don't you come to LA? You can do some things here. And it just didn't happen. So I don't know what happened. She kind of fell through the cracks and. Yeah, you know, it was a tough one. I'm glad you bring that up because I think that's like the biggest piece that everyone discounts, and me, me too, for what? so long. Like that, the emotional piece, mm-hmm. and how you know disease, these emotional things manifest as physical symptoms too. But you're saying really, I mean, and we we're just talking about how now you're interested in energy work and spirituality and all mm-hmm. of that. But like, what made you realize that that was so important? So. I was actually down in Venice at the Human Garage, mm-hmm. and they do body work there. Did some work on myself, and I was just hanging out afterwards. And the owner Gary Lineham says, "Hey, come over. Let's. I want you to work on this case with me." Mm-hmm. There's a girl laying down, and we had two people pushing on her upper quadrants on her abdomen. I'm on the left lower quadrant, and Gary's on the right lower quadrant, and we're just pushing down, gentle pressure, and all of a sudden she starts getting really anxious and she's panicking mm-hmm. and he's telling her, just let, let it go. Just stay with it, fight through it. And she starts tripping out, mm-hmm. crying, just kind of getting out of control. And then she gets angry and she's really pissed. And she starts talking about how mad she is. And she brings up her mom and then she starts bawling and then she starts and we're holding pressure for, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then she starts feeling better and getting happy. And it was such a powerful thing to watch her go through from my perspective. Like, I'm just pushing on her stomach, all four of us. And mm-hmm. to go from anxious to angry to happy, it was like, and she's bawling. And she felt so free afterwards and happy. It was like, I was like, what the hell did I just see? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was crying. I was like, we're all like in tears. It was nuts. And um, I was like, Gary, what is going on? And he's like, I see this all day. I see grown men bawling in here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're pushing on their thigh from some soreness they've had for years. And these emotions come up. So it's like, hmm, you know, what is going on? We're storing things in our fascia and our body and our abdomen. And how is this happening? I still haven't figured out why I'm asking. I'm looking. I'm talking to people about mm-hmm. it. But it's definitely happening. 
and I saw the same girl like four or five months later, different person. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you have that experience. Then how come you're still skeptical about Reiki? Well, I just don't know enough about Reiki. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I know it's moving energy, but I don't know, um, you know, maybe you know more than me. I'm from this realm. It's your, you know, it's in your wheelhouse. Well, so I just don't know. It's the same idea of, like, what kind of energy work was that? Like, you're just pushing down on someone's mm-hmm. abdomen. It's the same idea. Like, you're kind of redirecting the energy in someone's body like we everything is made of energy everything and when it's out of balance like we are out of balance this affects our chakras Mm -hmm. affects our emotional like health our digestive health everything our Mm -hmm. hormones it's all related like that so just moving the energy in someone's body that way but like what type of energy work are you into well i'm just i'm just kind of starting to 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 crack that egg right now i'm looking Mm -hmm. into the because that kind of opened the door like hmm, something's going on here and then i started thinking about um, if emotions are almost like an energy, if you know, when we think thoughts, they're energy. Mm-hmm. When we speak, when we just everything is energy. So, I was thinking like, if emotions are such a powerful energy and they're getting stored in our body, and I started looking into the whole chakra system and mm-hmm. knowing how oh, certain chakras are open and certain chakras are closed on certain individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's usually due to some type of emotional thing. So, when those get rebalanced and things come up, so. That kind of opened my my door to to look into this some more. Mm-hmm. So I'm just starting to look into it and learn about it. I think it's a modality that is so underutilized. The more I'm learning about it, it's like wow, it's uh, really can be powerful and can be really healing for some people. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm reading cases of like people who can see these energy fields in people, mm-hmm. and they see people with cancer, like ovarian cancer, and they see this dark hole mm-hmm. on that left ovary where there's nothing flowing mm-hmm. and they work on it and open it up and things get better. Like what? Yeah. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. And I love that you're so interested in it because, well, do you get any pushback from people if you start talking about this? Um, from patients, you mean? Patients or colleagues. I haven't, you know, just because it's such a new thing to me, yeah. I'm kind of talking to patients about it more and more, but uh-huh. um, no pushback from patients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of like a aha thing. Mm-hmm. Um Probably because you're in LA. For sure. <laughs> We're more like alternative here for sure. I was in I was in San Jose last week and I was talking to some people about, you know, energy work and they're like, I don't want to invite the devil in, you know, I don't and I'm like, you don't yeah. understand. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. No, no it doesn't. I mean and you know, colleague wise, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't care. You know. Yeah. I just do my thing and did, were you always doing like functional medicine? No, I was trained in emergency medicine first. Are you, you're still in the art, right? I still do part time stuff. I still like it. It's still fun. Oh my gosh, that's stressful. Is it like Grey's Anatomy? Um, <laughs> 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 Not quite. Um, um, but it's still fun. It's you know, look, that's where medicine works. Yeah, that's conventional medicine at its best. Mm-hmm. Acute care, stroke, heart attack, break your arm. That's where it works. Yeah. You know, functional medicine is a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing okay, like here mm-hmm. at this little office, what type of people are you mostly seeing? Is it mostly gut stuff, or weren't you working with cancer? No, I don't lot? do cancer. No? Is that someone else in this office? Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. No cancer, Lyme, or mold too much, but okay. Um, I'd say I see the gamut here. Mm-hmm. Everything you can think of. 
What's your favorite? You know, I really like the 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 space of getting people healthier, Mm -hmm. but more. Like I like the generally healthy person who wants to optimize what's going on. Uh, like get their body composition shape, lose some weight, okay. get their get their mind feeling good, energy good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people have multi system things going on. Yeah. And you have to really put the pieces together and and but that those are fun to work with because you actually see them get changes that yeah. are so positive. Or to get the patient who's had I've seen five, six doctors, no one knows what the hell's going on with me. Mm-hmm. And then you do the functional medicine approach and you figure it out. And then they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I yeah. never thought I'd get my life back or never thought I could have a one bowel movement a day instead of 20, you know. <laughs> or none for the past three or months. Or none, yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, some people are going to they're terrified. Like, I can't go in public because I got to look for a toilet because yeah. I gotta, I'm going to go. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a disaster for them. What do you think? It, is there something that you commonly see as like at the root of everything? The most common root? Yeah. Oh, no. There's not a common no. root. I no. feel like gut stuff would have to be it. It's a it's a big one. but It's a big one. It's, it's my favorite it's, one. It's, 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 yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a huge one. But um, I think the two biggest players that I and I start with would be gut and sleep. Gut and sleep. Yeah. Ooh, sleep's a good one. That one's not talked about enough. How gut much sleep? sleep? Well, you know, the, the studies are coming out showing we need seven, eight hours of sleep a night. Is, mm-hmm. But everyone's a little bit different. I get patients in here that can function on six or five, and they feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Some people need nine or ten. It just depends. There are so many people who can't sleep through the night, and they think that's fine. They think it's totally normal. What What are your best tips for people who can't sleep through the night? Like, they're so, waking up. So the, the first thing I start with is what's your pre-sleep routine? Mm-hmm. So people are on the computer a lot, on their laptop, mm-hmm. on their iPhones or whatever, and they're not using the light block, blue light blocking techniques. Yeah. So computers and things and TVs, they emit a blue light that flickers that you don't really notice, but your eyes do. Mm -hmm. And this flicker stimulates your brain waves into a very awake state of mind. So people are doing that stuff before bed. They're waking up their brain. And yeah, they fall asleep, you know, but then they wake up pretty quickly because their brain is still kind of on. Yeah. So if you wear blue light blocking glasses, if you, you run programs like, you know, Flux, mm-hmm. uh, those will help so much. So, or Do you think that's enough, though? Or do you think people should be off? Off is better. Yeah. You just let your mind decompress, read, Yeah. you know, take a bath, keep your lights low in your house at night. Yeah. And uh, that usually helps a lot. And then other things you can do, and you know, everyone has the monkey mind where their mind's racing and they got things to do, and life is stressful, and they're thinking, thinking, thinking. So a great tip for that is to take L-theanine, and taking that at bedtime, you know, 400 mil, 600 milligrams at bedtime stops that mind chatter because mm-hmm. people will wake up at 2 a.m. and they think about all the things they have to do tomorrow. Their yeah. mind starts going. Do you see? A lot of ad- adrenal issues with people is that pretty common? Yeah, that's pretty common. It's pretty common. <laughs> so, how do you, what what's your plan of attack with that? So, usually I'll start with a f- uh, four point cortisol level to mm-hmm. see what their curve looks like and where their cortisol's too high or too low. And what type of testing do you recommend? So, saliva is uh, the quote gold standard. I've mm-hmm. done that before. 
And I started using Dutch, which is a company that uses urine. I think and that one's better. That's a pretty good test. They've I know the owner, and we've kind of looked at salivary and urine together. He, and I think he's a good, really good guy, and mm-hmm. he has a good product. So I've been using them a lot more the past couple of years. Um, but stress is a huge deal for people. Can you explain the differences between salivary and urine tests for hormones? So, yeah, that's a huge... Is that too much? That's a huge topic, yeah. It's like another hour. But um, some hormones are better in the saliva and some are better in the urine and some are better in the blood. It's always debated among... So basically, with each type of testing, you're missing out on something from another You are, So would ideal be to get all all of them? That's why it's ideal to get all of them. So, And we got to these conferences still and they still talk about, Mm -hmm. oh, guess what? We think progesterone is better here, blah, blah, blah. So it's just... You know, interesting. Not totally exact at this point, but it's getting there. Okay, so back to adrenals. So you'll do a four-point cortisol mm-hmm. test and see where they're at. Right. Are most people super high, or are we at, yeah. are we at burnout already? I'll see that they're the one or the other. They're gonna yeah. be so burned out, or they're on adrenal overdrive. Yeah. Things are just too hot, and so um, that's another reason why people can't sleep a lot because their cortisol is too high at night when they're going to bed. So, you know, we got to work on de-stressing techniques because, look, part of functional medicine is looking for the core of the problem, mm-hmm. right? So if your adrenals are taxed or on overdrive, mm-hmm. it's because of stress. You're stressing out, whether it's a emotional stress or a physical stress or both. So I can give you all the supplements in the world. Yeah, it's going to help you. But the root cause of it is your stress. Yeah. So what's your response to stress? Look, stress isn't really real. I can't say... Go out and give me a bucket of stress and bring it back and show me what it looks like. Yeah. It's a perception. It's a reaction to an event in life. So I'll make people follow the rule. Or the rule is, if you're pissed off about something, if you're upset about something, ask yourself, is this going to bug me in a month from now? If it is, it's, it's legit. Mm-hmm. If it's not, you need to forget about it. Let it go. Mm-hmm. It's not worth your cortisol elevation. It's not worth hurting your body. Is really changing like the way someone thinks. Totally reaching. That's a huge part of this practice this past year. I really worked on people's minds a lot. I used to not do that so much. Yeah. It was all about body and symptoms and numbers. Uh-huh. So way more about the mind. Like how do you think? Like what's your attitude? Which are you pessimistic person? We know negative people get sick a lot. Mm-hmm. They die quicker. So you know, I've you know, I'll tell people techniques on how to like make yourself more positive. Like what? So. You know, what, one thing I'll say is, hey, look, every night you're going to gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Three things that happened to you today that were good. You definitely want to be Ben Greenfield, I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> he does little, that a lot. With your little gratitude journal. He does. He's all into <laughs> no, that. No, I'm just being hard but, on you. But I love if, it, yeah. If I agree. You, what you end up doing is, and the, the key is you can't repeat the things you write every night. You can't say the same thing then twice. Ooh, so it that's gets, a challenge. It's really hard. So things that you're grateful for or things that happened today to you that were good. Mm-hmm. So guess what happens to you after a while? You were, you start going through your day kind of looking for good stuff. Mm-hmm. It could be anything, stupid small stuff like, oh, I saw a cool cloud that looked interesting or a flower. I stopped and noticed this really cool flower or someone smiled at me on the elevator mm-hmm. or I made someone else smile or whatever. And 
and you start changing your synapses in your brain, you're rewiring your mind to look for positive things in the day, Mm -hmm. and you will actually become more positive. And life becomes a little bit sweeter and better instead of being all, oh, everything sucks. And it's like, oh, everything is kind of really pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Yeah, it works well. Any other main tips? That's a good one. And another thing I'll make people do is on their cell phone, I'll have them set their timer to go off every two hours. Uh Uh-huh. And when it goes off, you have to stop what you're doing, flat out, and check in with yourself. And what I mean is, how do I feel right now? How stressed am I right now? What's my attitude right now? Is my neck tight? Am I clenching my jaw? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? And then check in, then you take five minutes to de-stress yourself. So if you're at work, you're gonna go outside, walk around the block, and when you're walking, you can't think about anything else but what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And look for good stuff, like I just talked about. Flowers, people's face, babies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, then you can, or you go do a breathing technique called 448. Breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four, and breathe out for eight. Mm-hmm. And do that four to eight times. Your cortisol is gonna plummet. It's just gonna be just relaxing everything. You know. So those are some really quick, easy things you do every single day. Yeah. How come you didn't tell me about those a few years ago? Because you haven't come back to see me. <laughs> <laughs> you could have saved me thousands of dollars in therapy. <laughs> I know. No, so, not really. So that's that's part of it. And then, um, you know, working on the spiritual side of people, like um, making people really look at what they're about. Like, what mm-hmm. are you about inside? You know, what's your, you know, what are you made of? Why are you here on the earth? You know, mm-hmm. don't get trapped in this game we're in of repetitive daily life and life's just going by, you know, like looking at yourself, that spiritual thing. Like people are doing, you know, microdosing mushrooms now and LSD and mm-hmm. ayahuasca journeys and things to kind of figure out what they're about, which I think is awesome. Have you done ayahuasca? Not that one. Hmm. No. I'm just curious. No. I mean, I, I, I did DMT mm-hmm. back, you know, I don't know, maybe nine months ago. Have you heard of that? No. DMT is like um, there's two forms. The one the one that separates you from your ego is from the Sonoran Desert toad in Mexico. It's from the salivary glands, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a really powerful drug. It's kind of what half of ayahuasca is. Okay. Ayahuasca has an MEOI inhibitor that makes that DMT last longer. So it's a longer ayahuasca is a longer journey. Mm-hmm. But DMT is a very fast 15, 20 minute powerful ego separation. That was because I've been kind of looking into my, you know, I walk the talk, right? Try whatever you yeah. guys do, I do myself. So I was looking into myself and what am I about and why am I here and trying to make myself uh, a better human. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I did that and it was a crazy experience. Um, I found out a lot of stuff about myself I didn't know or I was kind of hiding and pushing it down. And it's made a, you know, those are doing DMT is one of those things where it can change your whole life. It can really, people come off those trips and they're just like, whoa, wake, well, I woke up. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm not condoning like, you know, you just in a controlled environment where it's safe. You can't just go do this stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's too scary. It can be nuts. How do you, how would someone go about finding a controlled environment to do this in? Yeah. You have to, I mean. <laughs> It's like knowing the right you person. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to tell you. It's, it's like, you know, you have to know the right people who know these people who are shamans. And, mm-hmm. you know, ayahuasca, of course, is done in out of the country a lot, but they're doing yeah. it here all the time. It's all underground. Yeah, it's getting more popular, I think. I think microdosing is a big 
interesting thing going on right now too. There's a lot of cool studies coming out with psilocybin, mm-hmm. you know, controlled journeys on that. Um, Michael Pollan is a big uh, promoter of this. He's a great writer. Um, and we've discovered there's like a lot of good papers coming out on psilocybin, you know, doing journeys on those with depression, drug, multi-drug resistant depression. And people are not microdosing. Like if you want to learn how to microdose, you go to the third wave. It's a website. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, is it's that called, a... <laughs> it's the third wave, like T-H-I-R-D-W-A-V-E dot C-O, and they can teach you about microdosing. Interesting. Yeah, so it's really, it's, it's a, you know, plant medicine is phenomenal. Like to me, this stuff's on the earth for a reason, just yeah. figuring out what it's, how to use it the right way. Sp- well, let's talk about medical marijuana for a second. What type of person do you think benefits from that? Um, so yeah, that's a good one. And you know, people who are in chronic pain, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Insomnia helps a lot. Anxiety, stress, um, migraines. You know, we found that CBD is great for C- and anti-seizure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's sad. I think the wrong drug has been legal for too long. Alcohol is way worse for you than. Why THC. is that? Explain it's more. Just alcohol about is such the a science. It's such a toxic chemical mm-hmm. you know you know a little bit here and there doesn't hurt you but when you break down alcohol and acetaldehyde it's a super powerful toxin for your body and disrupts all kinds of things from neurotransmitters to gut wall lining to um you know to pancreas function it's just uh gnarly if you get abusing booze so it's um versus like explain to you what's happening when you use marijuana well you know any, look, any drug too much of anything is not good for you. Okay. For sure. Okay. But if you're talking about people who are using stuff hardcore, it's one of the ones that's not as damaging to you as, say, heroin or cocaine or alcohol or ecstasy and things like this. You know, the the benefit of marijuana is a bit because of this something called CBD, cannabidiol, mm-hmm. is in that. And that is a very the anti-inflammatory substance. THC itself isn't that good for you. It's very inflammatory. You know, it's, it's the, the part of marijuana that makes you get paranoid or mm-hmm. have the high, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And CBD doesn't really do that at all. It's, there's, no, there's no psychoactive part of CBD. Yeah. So that's why when you go to these marijuana shops, you can get strains with that are CBD rich. Low in THC, higher in CBD, so you have more of the medical effect of pain relief or anti-anxiety or sleep or whatever. So why would you ever recommend marijuana over just CBD oil? Um, I only do that if in cases of insomnia. Sometimes people need, if they're having like, I can't get you to go down and Mm -hmm. we're having a really hard time and your life's just tanking because of it Mm -hmm. then that's a good alternative to do like a little edible of something with higher thc content of like an indica strain which would make you real sleepy and because i need you to sleep at some point okay yeah okay interesting yeah i think people this whole cbd is like such a trend now Mm -hmm. people are really nervous about even cbd and marijuana i don't know it's interesting you know what I wanted to ask you about was some someone who follows me emailed me and she said she said she's seeing a functional medicine doctor and her doctor she's getting treated for SIBO and her doctor told her that CBD oil can cause SIBO hmm. and that because she wanted to take CBD because she feels like she's really stressed out and I and I was like 
And she was asking my opinion. I was like, well, that sounds like bullshit to me. I feel like if anything, that would help you calm down. And yeah. I and I think that even when I did my first SIBO protocol with you, I feel like you like put me on CBD oil and we got rid of it. You were stressing or something. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how CBD would cause SIBO. That's Because you're I, right. It would make you feel more relaxed yeah. and help your SIBO. Exactly. Because you know, stress is a stress can be a a bad boy for the SIBO problem. Yeah. Okay. So you haven't heard of this. No. I think that's. B- I, was, like I told her I was like, "Why don't you tell your FMD to email you the study he's referring to?" Because I don't, I don't buy. There may that. be one. I don't know, but doesn't yeah. sound right. Well, have you ever treated someone with SIBO while they're also taking CBD oil? Yeah, yeah. of course. And you, fi- okay, yes, they're fine. All right, just want to clear that up. <laughs> um, okay, you just mentioned. Can you explain why stress affects the gut? So how how it does yeah. that? Look, when you're stressed out, you're in that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And the last thing your body wants to do is digest your food. Mm-hmm. It wants to put blood into your muscles and your brain and your heart and your lungs. It doesn't want to digest. Digestion is a, we call it parasympathetic part of your nervous system where you're chilling and relaxing. So when you're stressing all the time, you're not digesting and you're not squirting out digestive juices. It's all shut off. But guess what? We go to lunch and we power eat real mm-hmm. quick and go back to work and keep stressing, now you just ate a bunch of food in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And your body doesn't want to digest it. So it's sitting there. And you're not really squirting out lots of acid to digest that food you just ate. You're not squirting out bile and pancreas juices. Mm-hmm. So that food just kind of sits there, starts to ferment, and off gases, and you get heartburn. Fabulous. You get heartburn, <laughs> you get bloating. And you know, we know now that stress can affect our gut lining. It starts to get leaky. And little holes start forming, and now you got these gaps in your intestinal tract where bacteria, toxins are getting through into your bloodstream that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And your immune system sees those things and is like, Whoa, what is that? What is that? That's not supposed to be here. What is this? Only foreign invaders left and right. Mm-hmm. And it creates these antibodies against all these things. And the antibodies are designed to look for these things in your bloodstream, latch on and call other cells around to come and kill them. That's how your immune system works. But now you got all this stuff in there from these leaks, and your immune system's on way overdrive. It's making things all the time for multiple things, and then it can get confused and start attacking your own self. And now you got an autoimmune disease. You got lupus. You get eczema. You get MS. You get Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, mm. you know, so... Um, you know, so that's that's just you can see how stress can cause so many downstream effects. Yeah, I like that. I I just always want to drive this point home because I think that people just overlook stress as a key cause of all of these health issues mm-hmm. because it's the hardest one for people to actually address because people just want to take a pill. I know, or change their diet, mm-hmm. and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's Doesn't only going to get you so far. That's what I'm talking about. At first, it's up here in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you react to this stress? Mm-hmm. You got to catch yourself like, oh, my God, I feel so overwhelmed. And stop. You know, you have to just let it go. Yeah. I think, though, honestly, I think people feel trapped and like they, they feel like they can't change their patterns. And I think a big piece of why we are all dealing with this hyper stressed out state is because of the phones mm-hmm. and, the t- and the technology and the media, which makes me like nervous that we're all gonna get an autoimmune disease <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but i don't know i i'm just glad that you're nailing that down 
Okay, that argument, though, well, not argument, the fact that, you know, when we're in the sympathetic fight-or-flight state, mm-hmm. we can't really digest that well. Um, a lot a lot of people will say, because of that, you shouldn't eat after you exercise, because you're still in a fight-or-flight state. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. How long do you think someone should wait? I think it depends on the exercise you just did. Uh-huh. So I like to use the rule... Um, if you do some cardio, high intensity interval training, and you want to do it for fat loss, mm-hmm. then you do not want to eat for a couple hours. I try to make it a ninety-minute rule minimum, mm-hmm. because you're in this fat burning mode when you mm-hmm. do interval training, right? So you're in that mode for hours, like actually all day, but it's really intense for hours. And the mistake people make is they go, "Oh, I'm gonna go home and have my little protein shake or eat lunch," and when you eat food, you raise something called insulin, which is mm-hmm. a hormone to lower blood sugar. But insulin is a fat storage hormone. It says whatever's in your body, turn it into fat right now. So you just had a great workout. You crushed it in the gym. You're, you did your intervals, and you're in this fat burning mode. You go home, have some food. Insulin goes up. Fat burning is shut down big time, mm-hmm. big time. So I try to wait 90 minutes minimum if you can. Lifting weights on their hand with building muscle, um, not such an important rule. It used to be like, oh, I got to make sure you have your protein within the hour of your, if you want to build muscle. Not so true anymore. We've learned that you can just get that protein in a day sometime. We don't need to have it within the hour. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to refeed, you know, not an hour after that. That's not a big deal if you want to build muscle. Okay. Related. But since you mentioned that your favorite type of person to work with is someone who is generally pretty healthy but wants to, like, optimize everything... Mm-hmm. Tell me fun. more about what you what you do with that type of person. I feel like that's almost harder because there's not like a lot of it's lifestyle stuff and choices they make. They're what? like they're waking up in the morning and eating oatmeal or some kind of carby high load, which just screws your metabolism the rest of the day. If you spike insulin in the morning first thing, downstream effects are going to affect you for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I love intermittent fasting. Um, I think it's I do it every day. It's really good for you. I, I like the 16 to 8 rule. Um, you know, what the, my, the way I do things is have them wake up, they can have some coffee, black coffee, mm-hmm. and try to do a fasted workout, mm-hmm. no food, empty stomach, then wait the duration of time like I just mentioned, and then try to time it where your, your meal last night ends to the next day's meal is about 16 hours. Mm-hmm. So, Which is pretty easy when... Like if you're if you're planning your day out like that, like if you eat dinner at a decent time, go to bed, mm-hmm. wake up, work out. By the time you like pull your shit together, it's usually sixteen it's time, hours. It's time for lunch, yeah. right? So once you have your lunch, it's more of like a paleo Mediterranean type of diet, low carb, mm-hmm. and then you can have maybe a snack if you need to. And then I like the dinner to be more like lunch, but maybe more of it, and throw in some some carbs in there, a little bit more carbs. I know it sounds backwards. But I like carb backloading when you do intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And they're good carbs, like sweet potatoes and starchy veggies and things, not like bread and mm-hmm. pasta. So the reason for the carb backloading is when you sleep with carb backloading, you actually boost your metabolic rate and you do release more growth hormone while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you've got some gas in your tank to kind of get you through that 16-hour push at the end. Mm-hmm. you got to work out, right? So people do intermittent fasting, they're like, in the day, like, oh, my God, Dr. Lake goes, I'm so dizzy. I feel weak. I feel weird in the morning. 
what did you have for dinner last night? And it's something real light. Mm-hmm. So that's the key is if you start feeling like that, put more carbs in your dinner and you won't feel so bad. It's interesting because there's such different ideas about intermittent fasting. I know a lot of people like to do it the opposite. So they like mm-hmm. to fast through dinner. They like to do yeah. breakfast, lunch, and then do dinner. Yep. Why do you like the other way? Do you think it really matters? Or is it just it your preference? It doesn't matter too much. Um, I think it's more preference. I think it's harder for the patient to skip the dinner because I like to... It's social. Yeah, that and plus you're like, you might as well get your fasting hours in while you're sleeping. Yeah. Because it's just hard. It gets tough. So after a few weeks of doing intermittent fasting, your body is going to go into fat adaptation mode, which means your body will preferentially burn fat for fuel. Mm-hmm. So you go through this transition... And mm-hmm. it becomes easier to do the intermittent fasting because you're just burning fat. It's not, not hard at all to do. You can get 16 hours, no no problem. Okay. But again, we're talking about someone who's coming to you and they're pretty healthy and then they're doing this. But mm-hmm. would you recommend that to somebody who's like hormonally challenged? Uh, I still would if they needed to. You know, if, if I, look, it's about, I think it's a healthy way to eat, first uh-huh. of all. Like it kind of mimics our genetics. Yeah. Because look, I mean, our genetics are still like cavemen and women. Mm-hmm. Did they get up and have breakfast right away? No. They got up and they foraged, looked for berries, looked for something to eat. The guys are off hunting, looking for something to kill, and they make a big kill, and they have a mac down later in the day. And then mm-hmm. they have, that's kind of like how we should eat. That's kind of how intermittent fasting kind of mimics that in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we, it, food's too easy for us now. Yeah, I would agree. But I also disagree, and I think that if you're a woman who's hormonally challenged, you shouldn't intermittent fast. Just gonna say that. Okay, well. Just gonna say that. That's your yeah. That's my opinion. Okay, what else do you do with people? Okay, so lifestyle internet fasting, you like to do a fasted workout. Mm-hmm. What kind of workouts? So I love high intensity interval training. I have them do that three times a week. Like sprints or anything in particular? So yeah, high intensity intervals means where here's the key of this whole thing. People come in here all the time. Yeah, my trainer has me do intervals. And I have them describe what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it's not really intervals. Intervals should be where you go, say, 30 seconds on of an exercise, where you're going about 80% of your max capacity, mm-hmm. and then you have a rest period. And the rest period could be 30 seconds, a minute, 45, 90 seconds, whatever. The key to hit training for fat loss is the heart rate must swing. So... The timer goes off, boom, exercise. Heart rate goes up, and then it stops. You need to rest. The The people in the studies who rested longer and their heart rate came down mm-hmm. lost more weight. The people who went on again and did the exercise again before their heart rate came down low enough did not lose that much weight. It's the swing of the heart rate up and down, up and down that gets the fat burning going. Which is so opposite what people want to do because they think mm-hmm. like – if I'm going really hard and you know what I mean? They, yeah. they don't want to stop. They don't want to stop. Because then they feel like they're not doing enough. Yeah, they're weak. Yeah. yeah. Right. I get it. So look, the more cardiovascular shape you get in, the shorter your rest time becomes because mm-hmm. your heart's better. Now, one of the physical clues people, I can tell you that you're ready to go is if you can talk again. If you went 30 seconds hard and you stop and you're like out of breath, breathing hard, when you can start talking again in sentences, that's a mm-hmm. good physical clue. You're ready to go. Okay. For the next round. And the moves you do or like say sprints, mm-hmm. burpees, you know, squats, body weight squats, jump mm-hmm. lunges, box jumps, you know, some type of full body movement 
jump mm-hmm. roping, whatever. So then how, how long or how many rounds of that? So it's interesting. The studies show that you only need four minutes of this to get the metabolic benefits for 24 hours. That's all you need is four minutes. Mm-hmm. I like to have them try to hit 16 to 20 rounds of off, on, off, on, off, on. 16 to 20 rounds. And then after that, I have them jog in place and just kind of, you know, Of cool. 30 seconds on? 30 seconds on, okay. yeah. And then after that, have them kind of jog in place or cool off for five, eight minutes because you got a lot of fatty acids floating around in your bloodstream that I want mm-hmm. to kind of burn off because mm-hmm. they'll just reaccumulate into fat globules. So I like to burn that off and then that's it. It's, it's really quick. Yeah. Then the other two days, do something muscle building. Do some, you know, upper body one day, lower body the next day or full body weights, you know, Pilates uh-huh. with the machines. Uh-huh. And that's a good way to get started with body composition changes. So you're saying hit Three, three times day. a week. Oh, interesting. Hit three times and weights twice or Pilates or something else. Mm-hmm. In the week, you know, I can't tell you how many people overtrain. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they, everyone does. They do. They're like, oh my God. I'm Especially f- out here. I'm sure everyone you see does. Yeah, they're working out twice a day or yeah. six days a week because mm-hmm. they think I'm not losing weight, so mm-hmm. I'm going to work out harder and I'm going to eat less. Mm-hmm. And the opposite things happen. So mm-hmm. you got to listen, lady or guy, stop working out. You need to chill. And they're like, they look at me like, are you crazy? I'm going to get fat. Like, yeah. trust me, you're going to lose weight if you just cool off. And they do. Yeah. I. How do you convince people of that? You just got to say, trust me, it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I make, they, they do it and it works. Yeah. What about, okay, what about like muscle building activities? Do you think people should be lifting really heavy or do you think they need to? So. To get the benefits? Not necessarily heavy, heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about, um, I like big body movements. You know, like if you start with a bench press, next thing should be like rowing for your back. But it's about, I like the reps of, you know, eight to 12 reps. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love, have you heard of Tabata? Yeah. So I'll have some patients do Tabata with their weights, which is really tough. That sounds like going to wreck you. <laughs> You'll feel it. You'll gain muscle. Yeah. You'll gain muscle. It's just, you got to go way lighter than you think. Yeah. And you get your definitely. workout done real quick. That's the benefit of it. Because we're all pressed for time. Yeah. But you would, so how, well, okay, realistically, you would have them do like every movement like that? Well, I have them do things like this. So we'll do, let's say do Tabata bench. Mm -hmm. The next thing is Tabata rows, Mm. Tabata curls. So how long would that workout be like? It'd take you 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. You're you're done. Try Tabata squats. I mean, it's just your legs are on fire. It's just, it's really tough. Yeah. You'd have to go pretty light for that. You do. You go light, but you get a, a great workout. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you definitely wouldn't want to be adrenally challenged if you were doing that. <laughs> no, you'll feel worse. No. What type of workouts do you recommend for someone who has adrenal issues? So I'll have them rest and not do anything at mm-hmm. first. And then I'll start walking, mm-hmm. doing light walks, um, just easing into it, stretching, like light Pilates, yoga is great. Mm-hmm. Um, those are a nice, easy way to keep, because people love working out because they feel great mentally. They mm-hmm. feel like, oh my God, my endorphins get released. So they love it and I get it, but take it, you got to take it easy. Yeah. What about the value of like standing during the day and walking around? Do you, do you address that in terms of lifestyle when you're working with people who want to, I just feel like so many people are just sitting all day and I'm like, we do. People can lose weight if they just walk around more. Yeah, they could. 
You're right. And it's, you know, sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. So that is a big factor. And that's, that's part of the thing with the two hour I'm talking about mm-hmm. on my, on your phone, you mm-hmm. have to split, you're supposed to get up and do something like walk around your block yeah. or go to do the stairs in your office. Mm-hmm. You got to keep you moving. That's, that's part of the game plan behind that. Mm-hmm. Do you have something that people are like shooting for in terms of low level movement throughout the day? You know, it's doing something. Yeah. I mean, you got to start small. People aren't used to it. Uh-huh. So you make them take breaks twice a day, then three times, then four, then every two hours, whatever. Yeah. You just got to start slow and ease into it. Yeah. But you're right. It's sitting. I hate sitting. Uh, okay. So we have, you like to do fasting with people. You like to do hit and mm-hmm. we covered workouts. Anything else that stands out to you? Sleep, you mentioned. Well, sleep's key. Yeah, sleep's become the number two reason for weight loss resistance. It's a big deal. What's so. the number one? <laughs> Probably, probably the way they eat. What's number three? Diet. I don't know. There's number two. I heard, that, so I heard that from somebody. That's number two. Some lecture I went to. So there's number two reason for weight loss resistance. Um, so we work on, you know, we work on de-stressing techniques. We work on the workouts. The diet's a big deal. When you eat, how you eat, timing after working outs, um, after workouts. Um, and then, you know, we look at your blood wait, work. Wait, wait, let's talk about diet some more. Mm-hmm. T- tell me more about that. What you recommend for people. Well, I love the... Are you still on the keto train? No. I mean, ketosis is good, but it's really hard to maintain. I yeah. saw too many people have a hard time with it, and they get frustrated and quit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see some LDL cholesterol markers go up on some folks. But interesting. I think that... With intermittent fasting, staying low carb is good because mm-hmm. you're in this kind of ketoish mode, low mm-hmm. carb throughout the day, and then I get you out of it at night. I mm-hmm. like that cycle. You know, your dinner is a nice big dinner with some carbs in there, so mm-hmm. I like that cycle. And I love paleo, married Mediterranean yeah. type of diet a lot. Um, so I try to stick with that. That's again like our genetics, you know, how do we you, ate. Do you think anyone should be eating gluten? No, everyone gets the, everyone gets the gluten talking here, and I love it. You know, can you give it? Glu- well, gluten's just you know, you, you see the movie Gladiator, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's walking through the field. At the end, he's like you know swaying his hands in the wheat field, just like five feet tall. Yeah, that's how European wheat is. Mm-hmm. It's still like that, and the gluten in there is so low. Mm-hmm. Our wheat fields are nine to eleven inches tall here. They've been so modified. You can't to, frolic through that. You can't. <laughs> you can't. So it, the, the gluten's been so modified that it's it's so concentrated. We have like seven times more gluten in our wheat than we did back in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So gluten, when you eat breads and rolls and crackers and things, we can't digest it. We just can't. It's really difficult. And it's not that gluten here and there is going to destroy you because when you eat some gluten, it does kind of create some inflammation in your gut system, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the, and your body's good at going to fix the inflammation, repairs it, all good. But people wake up, have a croissant, then they go to lunch and have a, a bagel sandwich, mm-hmm. and then they grab some crackers for a snack. And then at dinner they have some Italian pasta from their local whatever restaurant. So it's like all day a bombardment of gluten. Mm-hmm. Inflammation, 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 and your gut gets just overwhelmed, and now you've got this massive inflammatory response in your gut, and you create leaks, and that's how you get a leaky gut. 
And then what also happens when you eat gluten is your brain gets inflamed. So the microglia or cells in our brain, they're like our, they kind of clean up all the waste, so to speak, our immune system, and they get on fire with gluten. So we see a lot of psychiatric stuff. We see people with depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, all these kids who have ADD, mm-hmm. get them off of gluten. Number yeah. one, hands down, don't put them on Adderall. Mm-hmm. Get them off of gluten. The brain cools off. The problem is you have to get off gluten a little longer for this to see the mental effects yeah you got to stop it for a few months to see the effects and people get like oh i don't feel anything because i'm just gonna, whatever it's not working mm-hmm. just stick with it and you're you're all those things can really get better how many months well i tell people look give it give it a good three months you should mm-hmm. see some change for psychiatric or mental things mm-hmm. behavioral things not so much for gi and other things so gluten can cause you no know, look it's inflammation and your body will manifest inflammation with either a rash or a snotty nose or brain fog or a headache or migraine, you name it. And the symptoms are just mm-hmm. too long to list. I think people will hear that though. And they'll say, well, if I'm not having it, if I'm not having a croissant for breakfast and sandwich for lunch, pasta for dinner, I'm just like here and there. It's fine. It what? may be, it may be for them. It really, it really could mm-hmm. be. It's not that, you know, it's going to kill you anytime you have it. Some people can eat it and just feel just fine. I still think it's a bad idea. It stays in your system I just, for too long. I agree. I tell them, look, try not to. Yeah. But sometimes it gets tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like a product called Glutenza by New Medica. And that to me is one of the best things to take when you're going to have a gluten exposure. Like when you go at a restaurant, I guarantee you're going to eat gluten. Mm-hmm. Even if you eat your salmon with your salad, because they're putting that salmon in a pan and cook it, that they just cook some pasta in. They don't even rinse it out. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cross-contamination. This has been looked at. So I tell my patients, when you go to a restaurant, you're taking two glutenza with you, and you're going to take them with your meal just in case to cover you. Trust no one. Trust no one. Same with butter. <laughs> they slip butter in everything. Restaurants, oh, yeah. They put butter in everything. That's why it's so damn good. Yeah. Bring that butter on. Okay, so no gluten. You're not on the keto train anymore. No. I was about to, like, slap you when you're – talking about what was that keto os back in the day you still use that the ketone salts yeah i do sometimes Blah. i do sometimes it, yeah it's <laughs> you couldn't stomach it no it's just dumb i just think it's dumb if someone wants to get into ketosis i think they should get into it without like exogenous ketones mm. is my opinion okay well i mean i've found it to be kind of helpful for some people I'm sure it is for certain situations, but I think a lot of people are just lazy. And because this is what people mm. do is they still eat a shitty diet and they just take their keto OS. Like, I'm in ketosis. Right. And I'm like, you right. can't eat a sandwich no. and then be like, I'm in ketosis. <laughs> no. It's just not no. how it works. No. The only time I like to use the salts is in the, like in the morning before I work out. Because mm-hmm. um, they're fat. They're doing intermittent fasting, right? So they're fasted do the ketones just to kind of push you into ketosis some more mm-hmm. and then do your workout. It's like working out on keto in a ketogenic environment is, is good and you feel really yeah. nice. So I like it there and it kind of burns some more fat. Yeah. I think that keto OS though has shitty ingredients. I think there are better brands. That, yeah. There's some stuff in there that isn't that great. I, yeah, I agree. It's questionable. Okay. Wait, back to workouts. Cause this is a common question. So do you think fasted workouts is the best timing mm-hmm. morning workouts? I do. I like it the best. Why is that? Is there a scientific reason behind that? Well, I mean, you know, everyone seems to have more energy in the morning. Most people, and uh, it's better to squeeze that in during the day. It just depends on your work schedule. Mm-hmm. But 
I like it because you're in that, you just have been fasting overnight. Um, your body is actually kind of burning a little bit of fat right now when you wake up because you've been fasting all night long. And you do have some glucose stored as glycogen, right? And mm -hmm. then when you do your workout in the morning fasted, you're going to burn through that really quickly, a couple mm -hmm. minutes, you know, usually. And then your body's like, okay, well, Christina's working out really hard right now and she needs some fuel, so I'm going to go to fat. It's my only resource. And you start breaking down fat because it's all about, you know, breaking breaking the fat down for your workouts. So, and, you know, when you have like a keto, keto OS salt in you, mm -hmm. being a little ketogenic can be helpful because you, A, you get a good workout because your muscles love it. Mm -hmm. Your brain loves it. Um, you, you burn more fat. You build more muscle. Mm -hmm. And so I like that environment in the morning just to kind of get it over with, go on your day. Because at the end of the day, man, you're tired. You've... You, some people like it. I don't know. It's just a, it's a personal preference thing. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so diet. Is there anything else that you'd like to tweak with besides like keeping it more paleo Mediterranean style, carb carby night? Yeah, just you know, a generally low carb. You know, I like to have, tell people, look, you know, life is life. Mm -hmm. Go have a cheat day here and there. Mm -hmm. Who cares? You know, you, yeah. can't, you can't make this. Don't make your diet stressful. Yeah. That's a huge thing. What about, okay, so we have diet, sleep. Ex anything else big that you address? Lifestyle stuff? Mm. Any diet. extra things you like extra to throw in there? Extra things. Send them to a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> if they need it. Yeah. Or a healer. Um, but I think um, some of the tricks I'm using now lately is peptides. Mm -hmm. um, peptides are the downside of peptides are injectables, which is kind of new for some patients. Mm -hmm. um, but peptide therapy has been around for a couple of years and it's uh, really immersing right now as a really interesting way of, of healing people. What is it? So do? a peptide is a, a, a smaller piece of protein. Yeah. So here's an example. Like um, collagen peptides. Yeah, exactly. So it's a piece of a, so let's say we have growth hormone, which is 191 amino acids long. That's the, it's a protein. Mm -hmm. We figured out the tail end of it mm -hmm. is the part responsible for fat loss. Okay. So they popped off that sequence of amino acids and make it into a powder mm -hmm. that you can inject into yourself to help you burn fat. And it also, you know, it, it also helps uh, stimulate your own stem cells. There's a lot of downstream effects from it. So peptides, we've learned a lot about, you know, we have 7,000 natural peptides in our body. Mm -hmm. But now we're learning to isolate them and use them for different things, for autoimmune things, body composition things, um, brain things, traumatic brain injuries, strokes, you name it. So it's a new... It's one of the newest emerging hottest things going on right now is peptide therapy. So you like inject peptides into people? Yeah, they have to inject them into themselves. Is that really expensive? It is expensive. That's the downside. It's a little pricey. Okay. Um, but it does work and it's... Is it, that more of a like, you try everything else first and then... That's the next step if someone's um, interested you know, in it. What type of person do you recommend that to? You no, know, I'm kind of finding that these peptides can be helpful for lots of stuff, like even gut stuff. Like there's stuff with, like there's one called um, BPC 157. It's one that it's made from the. It's actually in the gastric juice, mm -hmm. and this has been studied and looked at with um, like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and and leaky gut. So you can take it for that. Uh, it's 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 amazing peptide for healing the body. So um, TB4, thymosin beta-4 is another one that's really good for healing. 
that's a huge one. That's an anti-inflammatory peptide, heals muscles, cartilage, bone. It's a, like a recovery type of peptide. Mm-hmm. So you're finding that you can use peptides instead of all these supplements sometimes because the load can get kind of high for some people. And it's a good modality to kind of like go there first, lower on the supplements, and then everything kind of eases off. But it's a new, it's a new one. It's a new one. You'll probably hear a lot more about it coming up soon. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Are you still really into stem cells? Yeah, I still do stem cells. The adipose derived stem cells. Still do that, which is, uh, I think, another frontier of medicine that's coming. Uh-huh. You know, it's we're learning more and more about how to activate our cells and and how to get them to work more effectively and. And yeah, everything's kind of done offshore because of all the U.S. rules. But we can use our own fat, our own fat stems. We have a lot of stem cells in our own fat, and we can do a little lipo in the office, treat it with an enzyme, spin it down, get your stem cells, and give them back to you intravenously, if you or if you need it. You know, we inject it into a joint, mm-hmm. and we've learned. We still don't know all the science, but we know that when you, let's say, you inject a stem cell into a joint, it will go to areas of of damage there's mm-hmm. signaling going on and the stem cell goes there and what it does it calls in other cells to come in and repair and make new make new new cartilage mm-hmm. or whatever so it, it's really working well on getting people to not have to get new knee replacements or getting shoulders replaced or hip yeah. replacements so it's a it's a you know remarkable thing not to go through a hip replacement or a knee so um Using it for autoimmune conditions, um, it's resetting their immune system somehow. We don't know how exactly, but sometimes getting multiple treatments every month or every six weeks or two months, space them apart, you can get some good response with autoimmune issues. So, for an autoimmune issue, what would that look like? Like, what? Where are they getting the stem cell from? Just so they're they're your cells. Yeah, they're, they're in your fat, and what people are doing is they're banking their cells in a, in a cell bank, uh-huh. and that bank will grow them out. And you'll okay. and they'll deliver you, you know, twenty million stem cells, and you. And then you like inject. They're like injecting it back in, like. Yeah, you- docs are putting them back into the patient's body. Yeah. Why is this so controversial when it's your if it's your own? So the problem is we have these like people charging ungodly amounts of money, making all these claims that were false and really bad doctoring, really, and it mm-hmm. kind of created a sour taste and. Um, you know the 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 question is right now with the FDA is is treating your fat with a special enzyme that pulls your stem cells out is that manipulating your fat too much? Once you manipulate your own body substance too much, it becomes a drug, and that's that's the controversy. Ah, I see. So Dr. Mark Berman, he's one of the head guys at Cell Surgical Network. He's trying to fight this FDA issue right now. Okay. So, you know, it, the sad thing is it works, and it's your fat, it's your cells. It's like you, you should have the right to that. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, it's still kind of up in the air. Right when now. do you think that's going to be, like, figured out? Is it, like, soon? Or? Uh, they say they'll know in the next year or so what's going on. Yeah. So in the meantime, people who are using this, is it illegal? It's not illegal. No. It's just like not regulated. It's basically. legal and yeah, it's not really regulated. Yeah. So they're trying to look at regulation because all these charlatans are out there saying, "Oh, it does this, that, and the other," and charging crazy money. And it's just, you know, put a bad. A How bad, much does it cost to do that? Yeah, you know, doctors will charge anywhere between five and nine grand. Just depends on oh. what you're doing. It's expensive. Yeah, it is kind of lot. expensive, and insurance doesn't cover it. I was like no. thinking, hmm, maybe you should 
help my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> we should try peptides on you first. I think yeah, that's a good maybe. place to start. But um, yeah, they're good little cells, and the more we learn, the more healing they do. I mean, they you are really regenerating your body. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. So more to come on that for sure. For yeah, sure. I think especially because I just feel like there are so many people who have like unresolved health issues all the time, especially with gut stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I use cells, stem cells for like, let's try everything else first. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of your it's last like ditch last, effort. The last resort. Right. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I want to talk about gut stuff. Mm-hmm. What What are you most commonly seeing? Like SIBO? SIBO. Yeah. Do you f- a lot of people argue that they are saying it's overdiagnosed. Do you think that's true? People- well, I mean, if you're doing breath tests and you see it there, it's usually there. There yeah. are some false positives, of course. But, you know, look, you got to talk to your patient. If mm-hmm. they got the classic symptoms of SIBO, it's probably SIBO. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I'm finding a lot of these patients come in here with, oh, I have IBS, and which is kind of a trash can diagnosis to me. Yeah. And I it's, like, it's like, I don't know what the hell's wrong. It's not. It's like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. So you have, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, a lot of those patients have SIBO. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's a tough one to. It's like t- one of my pet peeves. People are like, well, I, I have IBS. I'm like, because of what? Like, <laughs> what do you really have? Exactly. <laughs> like, cool. Everyone has IBS at this point. <laughs> like, literally, everyone I know <laughs> that right. doesn't mean anything. No. Um, no. So, a lot of people have SIBO. See it a lot, yes, and it's not fun. As yeah. You know. And um, you know, we'll do the breath test and see what what it looks like, and then I have a my own little spin on different formulas I've looked at before, where I'll use. Um, antibiotic therapy for 10 days with mm-hmm. uh guar gum mm-hmm. which is Ugh. there yeah which is not really you want to throw up yeah the t- first 10 days aren't fun for some people it's 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 bad because you kind of want to feed those bacteria with the guar yeah. gum on purpose because mm-hmm. the bacteria the antibiotics work by killing the bacteria when they divide mm-hmm. so you want to feed them because they're smart you don't feed them they're going to get dormant and go well, i'm going to hang out and hide until there's some food for me yeah so 10 days of that followed by some botanical agents for another month and that's when the FODMAP diet starts and then we work on spacing your meals apart digestive enzymes are key betaine which is stomach acid is mm-hmm. huge so um, it's a stress is in there do you get worried about keeping people on the stomach acid for too long um, not really I mean I've had patients on lots of stomach acid pills for a year I mean it just depends on the, the person's gut but usually it's retraining it. and part of mm-hmm. it's like the stress response i just mentioned is like that is so important because when you're so stressed all day you don't make much acid your body doesn't want to mm-hmm. so you can see how your stress can affect your gut and then get you to get SIBO so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's just a you know nothing fits in a box here it's like all tied together you got to hit it all what's Causing SIBO, like why do you think so many people have it? Most of the time, I'm finding it's low stomach acid with people, mm-hmm. and you know we look at the, the digestive enzymes. So when you eat some food, you digest, you squirt out some stomach acid. Mm-hmm. Your gallbladder squirts out bile, and that bile acts like an, actually like an antimicrobial. It actually kills bacteria in your small bowel that shouldn't be there. And so when you don't have good digestive juice, low stomach acid, because that, that mix of food and, and digestive enzymes going through the small intestine kind of burns off any 
bacteria that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So that's so important. If that's not on, you're going to start to get overgrowth. Yeah. And, you know, some people have overgrowth in the colon. And it, the bacteria grow the other way. They grow back retrograde up the small bowel. So that's another reason. What's causing the, the low stomach acid? The usually, stress? Usually the stress. They're stressing out. <laughs> yeah. Or they have low B6 and low zinc. If you don't have mm-hmm. B6 and zinc, you can't make stomach acid very well. Yeah. And then the bad thing, all these people come in here with, oh, I'm on Nexium. I'm on Zantac, which are low stomach acid drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so get off of that. You know, I got I got I got to wean you off of those. Yeah. yeah. And you can't just stop a Nexium or proton pump inhibitor. You have to wean down. It's, you need to be careful. Interesting. Yeah. I've so you're making things worse. How, so how would you wean off that? Well, we start giving you betaine stomach acid mm-hmm. and have you cut your dose by 25% mm-hmm. over four weeks until you're off. Interesting. That's the I've best had, way. I've heard other doctors say you can just stop. It's not a good idea. Sometimes you get this rebound and mm-hmm. you get a ton of gases squirting out. So I don't like it. Gotcha. No, you need, you need to wean down. That's That's the way to do it. What about birth control? <laughs> I can't believe you didn't force me to go off of it. Well, I don't want you to have a baby. <laughs> well, I <wasn't. laughs> like I didn't even understand all the negative effects. Or when we when we first started working together, I was on it, and you're like, you need to go off, and I was like, eh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, it's. And it wasn't until I got rid of the seatbelt, I was like, okay, I'll come off now. Good. Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, I get it. You don't want to have a baby. I yeah. Get it. There's other ways. I, I know it sounds old school, but I like the IUD the best, you know, because you're not taking hormones, mm-hmm. synthetic hormones, and birth control pills are made from pregnant horse pee. But what it's, about all the other – There, are, I think there are time negative effects for uh, IUDs too. There are some. I mean, some girls tend to have more heavier periods. It just depends. But, look, if you had to pick one, it would be IUD or the ring, you know, to me. For, or a fertility for, awareness method. Yeah. Yeah. Roll the dice, but you know that's just, not rolling the dice. You should look more into that. Have you not looked into that? Not a whole lot. That it's extremely effective. Is that what if you, you do? pull out the numbers, it's like ninety nine percent. Really? Yeah. If you're okay. using something like Daisy, yeah. Okay. If you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. And most people, if you can remember to take a pill every day. You can remember to take your temperature first thing when you wake up in the morning. Hmm. Okay. And I'll then look into that. you can get a device that just d- tells you. Okay. But you're right. The birth control pill is a no bueno. I mean. What's it doing? Well, you know, the, it's a it's a synthetic hormone, right? And mm-hmm. so, women um, taking the birth control pill have shown increased risk for breast cancer and uterine cancer. Mm-hmm. The reason is because when your body breaks down this estrogen. Uh, it, when your body breaks an estrogen in general, it makes three estrogens. Mm-hmm. One of them, the metabolite, is breast cancer protective. The other one can cause breast cancer. And the third one is kind of in the middle. So we can actually measure these amounts in your urine to see which one are you making. And are you at risk for breast or uterine cancer? But the birth control pill goes right down the path to the one that makes the bad estrogen metabolite that can harm you. So that's why it's so bad for you. And, and, and plus, it raises something called sex hormone binding globulin from your liver. Mm-hmm. And this is a, like a little taxi cab that carries around testosterone and estrogen. And when that gets too high, you got too many taxi cabs in your bloodstream. It's binding up all your testosterone. And that's why a lot of girls lose their libido oh, when okay. they're on the pill. Okay. So... Um, What's funny is like when you go to an OBGYN... 
they sit there and they tell you that you should be on the pill because it protects against breast cancer. It doesn't protect against breast cancer. It's a synthetic hormone <laughs> yeah. that we know is can be harmful. So that's why I test girls on that on the pill if they're like, I'm not getting off. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to check your metabolites because you can take things like you know DIM to mm-hmm. help you with that or calcium deglucurate. Um, Brassica, cruciferous vegetables help you your, your body burn estrogen more. Mm-hmm. They help your, you break it down more. And what about when someone's coming off the pill? Getting off of the pill? Yeah, like, like anything special I do yeah, getting off? To support that. So getting off the pill, not 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 too much. I mean, I want to see when you get off um, how you feel mm-hmm. and how your cycles are. Some people jump right into their menstrual cycles again. Some take six, nine months to boost. Some don't at all. I have a couple patients with ovarian failure from being on the pill too long. My God. Yeah. That scares me. That's sad. No. <sighs> okay, well, that was depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end on that note. I know, no. <laughs> okay, tell me something. Tell me something that you're like really interested in right now. I think we kind, of, we kind of hit the big ones. I mean, the energy medicine work, um, the peptides, the stem cells. Uh, energy medicine, like, if someone's interested in that, where would you recommend they start, like, looking into that? Like, yeah, I mean. What type uh, of I think modality? I, the, the guru in that realm is Donna, Donna Eden is, mm-hmm. like, the one who has taught that to so many people and she's got people who are certified energy workers, you know, kind of look into that, look in the area. She has a website or something you can go to and look at, but, um, you know, the research is still kind of, there are papers on this. I looked into it and there's, mm-hmm. there's stuff on it. It's pretty fascinating. This technology we have now can take pictures of people and see your aura. Mm-hmm. Um, they have these cameras that look on you, that can look at your body and see this like field around you of swirling color. I don't know. I mean, I'm really getting into it now. It's new, but we could probably do another show on it when I learn more. Yeah. But uh, I think it's like you're doing you're doing the Reiki stuff, so you're mm-hmm. kind of into that world, and mm-hmm. you know, you you've like we talked before, you've actually you're feeling it. Yeah. You know. And exactly. It's about, and that's awesome because you're you're getting in touch with yourself so well that you can feel your own energy and someone else's energy. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. I think also. It just ties back to the stress because I think a lot of this energy work and work on spirituality is helping people get more in touch with themselves. Absolutely. And then that ties back to the, yeah, the so stress response. That's a huge thing I, I left out is like getting people to meditate, mm. you know, and get in touch with yourself and feel what you're feeling. You know, our feelings are always like shunned. Don't don't feel that. Don't don't show your anger. Don't show you're sad. Suck it up. Yeah. You know, and they're there for a reason. They're there for you to feel some something, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to learn from that. That's all I tell patients now. Stop fighting it. Just sit with it. Feel that sadness. Feel that loneliness. Whatever it might be, just sit with it. Don't analyze it. Just be there with it. And guess what? Usually happens. It goes away mm-hmm. pretty damn quick. So, get what you need to get out of it. Let your intuition take over when you sit with that feeling. Yeah. It's like what they say, dis-ease causes dis-ease. That's right. Right? It's true. It's true. Coming from an official doctor, because I'm <laughs> definitely not a doctor. Okay, cool. Thanks so right, much. This was so much fun. Uh, people want to like look you up, where should they find you? 
drlekos.com. D-R-L-E-K-K-O-S.com. Dr. Lekos. All right. Thanks. <laughs> you bet. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to that episode as I did recording it. I love Dr. Lekos. Make sure that you go check him out and let me know what you want us to talk about the next time he comes on the podcast because I'm going to force him to come on the podcast. He is the best. So huge thanks to him again. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share it with people. I love seeing you guys share it and it helps get the word out about the show. And it would really mean a lot to me if you left a rating and a review on iTunes and or Stitcher. We're also now on Spotify, so you can listen to the podcast on Spotify. That's exciting. And make sure in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, you can meet other listeners and talk about episodes or other random wellness related things that is all i have for you this episode i hope you have a wonderful day and i'll chat with you next time bye